Welcome to Inclusion and Marketing, the show that's all about giving you the skills and insights you need to win the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers, especially those with differences that are often ignored by brands. I'm your host, Sonia Thompson, a marketer and a person with a lot of differences. Let's get to it. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. Now, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. (laughs) Well, this is the song for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'm giving you those vocals. Excuse me. Sorry for those vocals. I'm giving you those vocals because what that song really is, is an origin story. Sure, this is the theme song for the TV show, but it also serves as the background details of how Fresh Prince became the Fresh Prince. I love a good origin story. I love them because it often gives me insight into who a person or a character is and why they do what they do. I recently got a request for my own origin story. So for today's episode, that's what we're chatting about. I'm going to walk you through how I came to be here with you as an inclusive marketing strategist, consultant, and evangelist. In January 2013, six months after I quit my corporate job to start my own business, I went on a month-long trip, first to China, then to teach at a girls' school in Kenya, and then I went off to India where some of my girlfriends met up with me and we had a great time. By the way, I had the best food of my life in India. The best, absolute best. I digress. On the first part of the trip to China, after exploring Shanghai, I visited a friend who lived in a small town called Dagang. Now, while my friend was working, I'd roam around the small town, and that's when I noticed what was happening. People everywhere were staring at me. I'd be walking around, and I'd see a couple. One person would notice me, then they'd tap the other person they were with, and they would look at me. They would stare at me, then I'd smile at them whenever I noticed they were staring at me, and then they would give me a quick smile, and then they would look away, embarrassed that I knew that they were looking at me. This exchange happened over and over again on the street, in the mall, at the grocery store. One afternoon, I was having lunch, and three people came up to me and started to chat. I invited them to sit down and we talked as best we could with our language barrier for a little bit. Um, In the end, they asked if they could take pictures. We took pictures. It was like I was a rock star throughout my whole trip there in that small town. Of course, I knew people were responding to me in this way because I was a Black woman and it was not at all common for them to see someone who looked like me, real life, and in the flesh. 
But on the long trip to Kenya, after I left that little town of Dagang, I realized what had happened. Up until that point, for much of my life, I felt invisible. And in that town, with those people, I felt seen. While I didn't necessarily want rock star status on a regular basis, I knew that there was a big difference between feeling invisible, emphasis on the word feeling, and being seen. Fast forward to April 2017, my editor at Inc. messaged me and asked if I'd write an article on a trending hashtag that had taken over Twitter. The hashtag was Black Women at Work. There were so many Black women talking about tough, challenging, bad experiences they had in the workplace because they were Black. It was shedding light on the fact that still today, we still have a long way to go toward equality and dismantling racism. Unfortunately, I had much to add to the conversation from my own personal experiences working in corporate. My article was published a few hours later, and it was a hit. A few months later, my ink editor reached out again and asked me to write about Black women's equal payday, which is a day into the following year that a Black woman has to work to earn the same amount as men do. All women's equal payday, for reference, happens in April. For Black women, it's in August. And for Latina women, it's in October. We've got a lot of work to do on this front. I covered this topic and then started writing on other diversity-related news items on my own. I realized not only that there was a need in this area because I kept getting asked to write about diversity and inclusion topics from my editors, but that I enjoyed it. So in 2018, when I heard Forbes was looking for a writer to cover diversity, I jumped at the opportunity to pitch myself. And since I'd already had published articles in this space, they gave me a column. Seeing an opening to position myself, because after all, I'm a marketer by training and trade, I pitched diversity with a marketing angle. They loved it, and that's why my Forbes column lives in both the diversity and CMO or chief marketing officer sections on Forbes. Also in 2018, this is after I got my Forbes column, I participated in Shine Bootcamp, a weekend-long speaker accelerator for women. I knew I was ready to make speaking a part of my career and saw this was the perfect opportunity to get me ready. As part of Shine, um, we had to give a 10-minute talk as a part of the speaker showcase. Throughout the weekend, we also worked with a speaker coach who helped get us ready for the big stage. My talk was about inclusive marketing, and I covered three ways brands push potentially loyal customers away without even realizing it. The talk was a hit. It was. And if you're curious and want to see it, I'll include a link to it in the show notes. But because of that talk, I was invited to speak at CTA Conference in Vancouver the following year, the W Promote Conference in LA, and to write an article on inclusive marketing for copy hackers. At the same time, as I was doing customer experience consulting work, I also started doing projects that combined customer experience and inclusive marketing, such as building an African-American engagement strategy for one client in particular. Throughout 2019, I did more consulting, I started delivering talks, and realizing that inclusive marketing was something that was sorely needed and lacking in the industry. 
This is both from my observations and from the responses I'd be getting from people after delivering keynotes. Fast forward to summer 2020, I was on maternity leave and it felt like the world was on fire after the murder of George Floyd. I was watching everything unfold. I wanted to say something, but I was focused on my six-week-old Luna, thankful that I had a big enough distraction and caring for her and getting myself back on the mend to not fully have to engage in what was going on. Then I got an email from the managing editor at Inc. asking if I'd be willing to write an article advising business leaders on what their response should be to the murder of George Floyd. I was floored and honored. I wrote the article while Luna was sleeping. They published it the next day. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron or could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs. In a full 360 view of every customer, so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Sensing that more business leaders could use some guidance on what to do and recognizing the gravity of the moment, I pitched Amy Porterfield to be a guest on her podcast talking about how to build an inclusive brand. I'd already been listening to Amy Porterfield for years, and based upon some of the things that I'd heard her speak about, I felt like she would be receptive to it. She accepted, and within a matter of weeks, the episode went live. We had a great conversation, and in preparation for that episode, I created my initial framework for how to build an inclusive brand. Now, because tons of people listen to Amy's podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy, I got more speaking invites because of it, including at LaterCon. When I came back from internal leave fully later that summer, I decided it was time to go all in on inclusive marketing. So I refined my framework for building an inclusive brand, did some validation calls, and created the first iteration of Belonging University, and even sold my first spots in the program by the end of the year. Since then, I've been 100% focused on inclusive marketing. So quick recap, that big moment reflecting on my China trip where I really grasped the difference between what it feels like to feel invisible and what it feels like to be seen. Then 2017 is when I started the process of connecting that feeling and ideas of belonging to my work. But in reality, experiences long before that paved the way to me getting here. When I finished business school, as I mentioned, I started working at Johnson & Johnson. I worked there in various marketing roles in pharma, biotech, and medical devices in both domestic and in global roles. I had challenging experiences with microaggressions, 
getting passed over for promotions to guys who are married with kids because, as I heard one manager say, he's got a family to support. I also had major problems getting paid what I was worth for the value of the position that I was doing because someone in HR didn't think that my HBCU or Historically Black College and University education was equal to others, even though I was performing better. That's a story for another day, but if you want the CliffsNotes version of it, I'll link to an article I wrote about it in the show notes. So while I was at J&J, I was also an active in their employee resource groups and even led one of them for five years. In one of my positions for my day job, my daily work, I managed our international distributors and led launches with our global markets and saw firsthand the nuances of what worked and what didn't work when trying to launch products outside of what's considered the primary market, which in this case was the U.S., and perhaps more importantly, how that made our partners outside the U.S. feel. Note, they didn't feel like they belonged. Throughout my career, I learned a lot about corporate culture, values, walking the walk, and what it feels and looks like when a company doesn't, and the impact it has on their teams. But even before my corporate career, my life gave me plenty of lessons in what it meant to be different. And perhaps those lessons, more than anything, has prepared me for this point. I'm a Black woman. I'm left-handed. Up until my early 30s, I had a big gap in my teeth. I was single, a single woman up until I was 40. Early in my career, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and then later a second one. And as I got older, the differences continued. I went gluten-free to tackle my ulcerative colitis. I became an entrepreneur. I was a digital nomad in South America. I lived four years in Argentina. I learned Spanish. I worked with a cross-cultural team while I was living and working in Argentina as an entrepreneur. I got married to an Argentine who didn't speak English. I was pregnant and had a baby in a foreign country. I learned and embraced lots of different cultural traditions that were different from my own. I adapted to being in an interracial marriage and relationship. We had to go through the process of getting Luna U.S. citizenship. We had to get Jonathan a green card. Having a Spanish-speaking immigrant husband in the U.S. has opened my eyes to a lot of things. Every one of those experiences, plus probably a million more that I've forgotten about, have gotten me ready push me and equip me to be here with you today. My senior year in high school, my English teacher, Mrs. Reynolds, had this banner up outside her window that said, it's all one note, and then she had an ellipsis, to get more jokes. I didn't get it then. It wasn't until years later when I finally recognized what that phrase meant. Everything, both in our lives, our experiences, and then what's just happening in the world around us, is related and connected. And everything, especially those within the realm of our circle of influence, influence the way we see, view, and impact the world. The more we learn and expand our thinking and experiences, the more we'll see how connected things are and the more jokes we'll get. And let's face it, in this day and age, we could all use a bit more laughter and joy in our lives. That's it. That's the origin story, and I'm thankful that that's just the beginning, because so much of this story is yet to be written, and I'm so excited to see how you'll play a role in that story moving forward. 
That's it for this episode. If you'd like more information on how to get started building your inclusive brand that wins the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers, grab my Inclusive Marketing Starter Kit. Head on over to inclusivemarketing.co slash starter kit to get it. And if you liked this episode, I would so appreciate it if you'd share it with a friend and even rate and review it in your podcast app of choice. It'll help get the word out so others can get going delivering inclusive experiences. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to make sure more people feel like they do. Somebody's waiting on you. Thanks for listening. 